securities and advisory services through Independent Financial Group, LLC, a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor member, FINRASIPC. Dennis O'Brien, President of O'Brien Retirement Investment Group, with the Retirement Life and Investing Show on 94.9 FM. Hope everybody's doing well. Somebody asked me, why do you say good morning, America, instead of southeastern Connecticut? Well, Chris, my engineer, tells me that they get calls from North Carolina, California. I guess a lot of people listen on their um, their phones, because you can turn to t- iTunes or radio or something, and they said they think there's probably... 10, 20, 30,000 people at any given time out of state and out of the antenna area here listening to the show. And it could be all over the world, which is kind of weird. I will never say good morning world, okay? You can be assured. You're going to be assured of that and everything else. Hey, thanks for tuning in, everybody. I really appreciate it. I, um, I really never know. I was just telling Chris that when I first started the show, I think it was first week in September of last year, 17. So I've been at it for almost uh, 14 months now, I'd say. And I remember the first three months I started doing the show, you know, my normal routine for 38 years in the business was Friday afternoons, I start to rewind down, you know, maybe go for an early, you know, little refreshment with someone, you know, just relax and everything else. When I started the radio show, I was like, oh my God, I I can't relax. I got a show the next morning. I got got to be on it, you know? So the first three months, I didn't really sleep much on Friday nights, being nervous and everything else. Now I sleep like a baby because the routine is, is basically, I went to see Ed Hutter this morning, my chiropractor, who once a month uh, gives me the old crackaroo, you know, and, uh, and off to the office and I started writing away and I never know what's coming out. Everything that comes out is either... Topics from the meetings before, things I'm thinking about, things that bubble up during the week. And it all comes out on the paper, and then I basically, um, you know, uh, regurgitate it to everyone out there and and talk about the things that are on my mind and stuff. So let's get going and talk about, um, you know, some of the things I'm thinking about. Welcome to the show. Uh, You know, it continually amazes me. I have a radio show, and some people seem to actually like it. My family still thinks I'm crazy and worries about I'll say the wrong thing, which is pretty funny, I think, because uh, everybody makes mistakes. I'm, I'm due for a big one. Who knows? I guess the people you love worry about you the most, and any parent out there can understand it, any son or daughter, husband or wife. I heard the funniest thing the other day about parents bl- bl- blowing off their grown kids when it came to advice about money, estate planning, or anything else. You know how it goes. Mom and dad are getting older. You want to kind of help them, but you don't know how to broach the subject of money with your parents, you know, stuff like that. And and the saying was, whoever powdered your butt as a baby is not taking any advice from you. And I laughed when I heard it. I think Dave Ramsey came out with that beauty. But, uh, oh, my God, it's so true. If they powdered your butt, okay, they ain't listening to you. <laughs> I just died laughing when I heard it. You know, most parents, the more serious no. most parents do not want to discuss their finances until they absolutely have to which is flat out wrong. Mom and dad, older, grown kids, starting to get a little memory. It's wrong, wrong, wrong. Unless your kid's a total basket case, it's better to lay out everything, especially if you have multiple children. Some parents believe, believe like, to divide the kids, and this usually leads the family, you know, believe 
dividing the kids up and having favorites and all that and dividing families, it leads to dysfunction and hostility. You know, I have three sons who I love totally, and my wife and I's greatest joy to see them work together with love and trust for each other. Believe me, it's a project, okay? It's We have our good times and bad times, for, but for the most part, I think they love each other dearly, and their spouses are learning to, everybody learning to get along. Parents, it's your job to smooth over any differences in your family as they get older and keep telling them that they are all loved equally no matter what, and you're proud of them. Remember the voices we hear in our heads, no matter with us or that they've left, is our parents throughout our lives. They're the voices we hear, whether they're with us or not. Okay, so make sure that voice is positive, reassuring. We love you no matter what, and please get along with your brothers and sisters and their wives. The one thing I have learned as a dad is no matter what, when they're growing up, I'm not their friend or buddy. Okay, I know it sounds harsh, but if they already had friends, and half of them, especially in their teens, were as dumb as boards. I'm your father, not, not your friend, I would tell them in front of their friends. For some reason, their friends like to hang out at our house. I don't know why. Maybe because they wanted to hear the latest thing that was going to come out of my mouth, which usually meant I was setting them straight on something. And I treated them all the same. You know, cared about them, but there was no BS going on. I set them straight if I thought they were doing wrong. And Miss Laurie was the same way. And I think they loved it. A lot of them. The funny thing is, I could tell what kids were going to have a hard time, especially in their teens, and pointing out to my sons that this son, this guy, one of their buddies, I think would probably be dead or in jail by the time they were 20. And to be careful to be guilty by association. And unfortunately, my batting average was pretty high. I could tell the kids that were um, uh, impulsive to the degree where they probably were going to have problems later in life. And I don't know if it was just their nature or their home home, the way they were brought up or whatnot, but I always tried to tell my kids, you know, watch out, because, you know, sometimes kids will get in trouble just by association. They're in the car with the wrong guy at the wrong time, you know, all that, or or even worse, an accident and, and, and things that you would think that you would think that wealthy families would have a leg up on this, but in many cases, it's just the opposite. We saw kids 13 years old ship off to boarding schools because their parents had a busy social schedule at the country club. Or dad was in China for the next two years on business. Now, they can cover it up better because of the money, but it's still there. So I don't think it's uh, just socioeconomic, okay? I have my memory seared into my brain about the time we dropped off my oldest to go to college or in early August because he got a chance to play D3 football. You know, it was early August, and we're dropping him off. It was very emotional because he was the oldest, and it was crowded with these giant football players. I thought D3 guys would be small. These guys were giants. Now, as I wiped the tears from my face walking away from the dorm, I noticed several African-American families gathered in a circle holding hands with their heads down in prayer. Grandparents, aunts, uncles, parents, brothers, sisters from 9 to 90, praying that their son or grandson would be safe and would be okay. I stood and watched and was generally moved by the stark naked emotions of these families saying goodbye to these young men at college, uh, going off to college. It's seared in my memory. I've never seen anything like it. I never forgot, but just remembered it this morning when I was when I was writing for the show. Maybe more prayer is needed. Average longevity in this country, if you saw the headlines this week, is starting to trend downward due to drug overdoses, opioids, and suicides. I'm not a holy roller, and I generally feel everyone should mind their own business when it comes to religion. 
but go off and say a prayer now and then. No woman will love you more. Maybe people need more hope, and saying prayer every day will give our young to old hope for a better life here and the hereafter. Anyway, we'll go back. Uh, we're going to take a break in a few minutes. If you'd like my retirement in a nutshell plan, um, or you'd like to come in for a conference, uh, please go to my website, www.obrienretire.com. Hit the magic button, and we'll set up a meeting. There's never a charge to sitting down and chatting, and I'd love to get to know you better and learn what your concerns are. I really, really enjoy these meetings, and no matter how much money you have, don't worry about it. We never charge you for talking. Um, in any case, call in if you have a question during the show at 860-464-9490. We'll be back in a few minutes. Thank you. Retirement Life and Investing Show on 94.9 FM News Radio. Now I got it out without marbles in my mouth. Hey, this is Dennis O'Brien, President of O'Brien Retirement Investment Group. Hope everybody's having a great day today. A little chilly, but uh, definitely a, a beautiful day. And get out there. It was a little icy this morning. The Weather Channel little app I have sent me a message saying, "Watch out for icy roads." But I looked at the temperature and it was like 38, and I said, "All right." So I guess the overpasses still had a little bit of ice on them and everything else. So let's talk about retirement, the business I'm in. I'm reading about boomers. I want to keep working. According to, according to uh, stats out there, they say more and more boomers are keep working into retirement. And they don't want someone ordering them around. And they want to control their hours and have flexibility. So why not keep busy and make some spending money? I guess that's the prevailing attitude out there. So I guess it all depends whether or not you can work an arrangement out where you have that freedom. I have neighbors that have retired from teaching and everything else, and they work at Lowe's, and they control their hours, and they love the interaction and helping people if they have the interest in those areas and whatever jobs they have. I have other guys that drive for dealerships, and they're well into their 80s, and they get a call once a week, twice a week, to go down here and pick up a car and do that, and they're happy doing it and so um, and whatnot. So make sure if you come in to go to the Social Security site and get your benefit estimates so when you see me, I can plug them into the Retirement in a Nutshell program. Because most people, I'd say half of the people, are really going to depend on that Social Security check every month, okay? Um, so I need your Social Security estimates. And usually I want them for three, three ages, okay? I want them for 62, then I want them for the FRA, which is the full retirement age, 66 to 67, depending on the year you were born. And then I want you uh, real disciplines, people out there that wait till 70 to get the max amount from Social Security. So on the, on the site, when you go in to sign off for the first time, have your cell phone by you because they're going to call your cell phone. They're going to send the code to your cell phone because they have that verification now by, by mobile phone. So um, when you go on um, and set it all up, make sure you have your cell phone on you. And get those three ages for me, the 62, the FRA number, the full retirement age number, and the 70 number, which is going to be higher, okay? So that really helps me when I start plugging in and start running your estimates for the next 30 to 40 years. It blows my mind that I've run estimates for that long, okay? 
And now I'm asking also for your monthly expenses. I don't want to know what you pay for your cell phone bill. I don't need your budget line by line. I just want your total nut, your total expenses every month so I can plug that into. Okay. And that's addition to if you still have a home mortgage or any, any payments. Okay. So list out your payments separately. And then I want your monthly nut apart from that. Okay. So, uh, you know, I'm pretty good at estimating how long you have to f- before retiring, what you need to do, and good date for you to retire. We can remember when we run your numbers. I do not include spending principal. So if you've accumulated a few hundred grand in your 401k, you got IRA money, maybe you have a couple of rental houses, you have a little, you have an inheritance coming, or you received all those numbers. When I run the numbers for the next 30 years, I do not include spending principal. Okay. And uh, the insurance agents out there that have you buying immediate annuities, cash annuities, and uh, no principal remaining at the end, I don't do that, okay? I run numbers as if we're going to throw off enough interest dividends and capital gains over the next few decades that you'll leave a nice inheritance or you have emergency money if something uh, emergency comes up. So my numbers are very, very conservative, okay? But you'll thank me later when you're 82 and you can still go on trips and your neighbors are all sitting around and dunking donuts because they can only afford a, a cup of coffee every day okay so that's the difference okay and we all have our marbles we'll appreciate it maybe maybe remember my name who knows but in any case that's that's very important so when you run your numbers i include spending principal your principal needs to grow in order to put cost of living increases in your RMD or your monthly check out of your IRA rollover or your 401k every year. Now, I've been thinking long and hard about how to help many of you who have your 401k still at Fidelity or Vanguard in the money market funds because of recent market weakness. I find it very interesting that some of you even have seven-figure balances in these plans, which you know blows my mind. How did many of you achieve that milestone? Well, like the tortoise and unlike the hare, you were disciplined about putting the max away. You did not panic during corrections. You did not borrow against your 401k. You kept upping your percentage every year. And when you were in your 30s and 40s, you were much more aggressive with your allocations. So you bought the small company, the aggressive stuff and everything else and just figured you were young enough and you would ride it through. So what to do now? Well, I've been thinking about it, and something I've always been doing it, but I never really verbalized it properly and everything else. So let's run some numbers. I propose an income with a growth component, which is basically, let's run some numbers. So assume you have a million-dollar 401k. I know, I know, that that's one in 50, okay? But I'm just going to do it for easy, easy number comparison. And I am seeing them, okay? So I'm just passing it along to you guys. So anyway, you have a million-dollar 401k, okay? So what I propose you do is you know, roll it over to an IRA with me or another financial advisor or, or, or do it yourself. It's up to you. If you do it with me, what I would propose we do is this, is we buy a ladder of different ETF, income ETFs, you know, from extremely conservative U.S. Treasury, 2 to 3% current yields, all the way up to four, five, six, up to 10 or 11% yields in some of the uh, real estate investment trust um, indexes. We're, we're buying the whole industry, okay? Some of them yield a lot more. There's a reason they yield more, okay? They have more risk, okay? There's, there's no freebies, okay? So 
Anybody who comes in and tells you they're going to give you something for nothing when it comes to your money, run. Do not walk away. Run away. There's no such thing. Okay? So what I propose is we put together an income portfolio that has nice current payouts of probably 6 or 7% income stream flow. These are investments. They can go up and down, okay? So I'm not telling you these are CDs or anything done in short, okay? But if you buy these, say on a million-dollar 401k IRA rollover, so you'll generate sixty to $70,000 a year in cash flow coming through, okay? So what I propose you do is when you take that sixty, seventy thousand dollars, they'll come in dribs and drabs every month, but you start buying good growth stocks with the proceeds. Okay. So if if companies really good growth companies get knocked down, you're building that side of the portfolio up. So you have your you have your income f- coming through, and then slowly but surely, brick by brick, like the tortoise, remember, you are disciplined about buying these companies, you know, maybe you put five or 10, 15,000 into each. So every year you're adding three, four, five, six names to your portfolio. These are not trading positions. You're buying companies, okay, that you want to grow. So you're not buying and selling these. You're not trading. You're not doing hair stuff, tortoise in the hair, fast money hair stuff. You're buying these positions for long term, okay? Now, bear in mind, this this is all for the people who do not need the current cash flow, okay? They want the cash flow to build up the growth side. If you need to take the cash out, I get it, okay? If, you, if, you need to, if you're already going to retire, need to supplement Social Security and there are any, any pensions you may have, then you might, not be able, you might not be able to do this. But this income strategy with a growth component, I think gives you a very good chance to weather any of the storms that come along from the market, okay? Because the, the, the income component of the ETFs, the indexes, they really didn't go down much in this 10 15%, and sometimes 30 40% correction in, in these um, you know, tech stocks. This, the income component really didn't get affected. They're going to be affected by something very, very different, which is income rates, okay? So... Let's just divert from that a minute, because a lot of you are asking me, what do I think of the market? What's going on out there? The main two reasons why I would be bearish and calling for a bear market are two things. Number one, interest rates are climbing. The two-year goes over the 10-year treasury. The curve actually goes negative, okay? That means the Fed's tightening too much. We usually have a recession when that happens. If anything, rates have actually started to go down a little bit. The Fed has... I think made a mistake on the last increase right before the midterm elections. I railed about it, but it's done, it's over and done with. Okay. Rates are actually easing off. Housing starting to ease off. Car sales, new car sales are easing off. Look at GM announcement. They want to close some plants. Okay. That being said, the second reason why I would think we're going into a bear market is if oil went over. $100 because when oil goes up, it's a giant tax, slows everything down. Businesses and consumers, it's, it's very bad uh, psychology on the economy. You know, when you go to the pump and you get ticked off that you're paying five, six, seven dollars a gallon for gasoline. Okay. Well, guess what happened? The Fed raised rates, the market, the tariff talk, everything else. Oil has collapsed from 75 bucks a barrel down to 50. It's collapsed. Well, since when do you need to raise interest rates, Mr. Powell, when 
your one of your major barometers, interest rates and oil have collapsed, especially oil. Okay, so I think that game's over. I mean, is he gonna is he gonna just stick it to Trump in December and raise him another quarter point? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Um, you know, I, I'm sure that the war words there. You know, one thing about Trump is he may be brash and he may be, but he's usually kind of he's one of those guys that you got to listen to because he's not usually wrong when it comes to, you know, the day to day stuff. Okay, and so I think the Federal Reserve is kind of like, oh, we do this despite him or not. I think they're going to be arguing in the halls right up to that day. I don't think they're going to do it, but who knows with bureaucracies and 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 whatnot. But in any case. Um, I think that the chances of a bear market starting recently are, are almost nil. And I think we're going to have uh, a huge rally coming. Okay, when, where, how much, I have no idea. But the reasons for this correction, interest rates, tariffs, and everything else are slowly starting to fade away. Okay. And the other thing is, is that the Chinese, you know, they devalue their want to help export everything. Uh, they're going to have a tougher time doing it if the Fed stops raising rates and raising our rates, you know, because that hurts us when we fight with them on trade. So in any case, if you'd like to uh, get my Retirement Ten Commandments or set up an appointment, go to my website, www.obrienretire.com. More than happy to sit down and chat with you. And if you have a question during the week, call me at 860-415-9614. Leave a message, and I'll be sure to get back to you. We'll be back in a few minutes, and thank you for listening to the Retirement Life and Investing Show on 94.9 News Now. Bye-bye. Brian with the Retirement Life Investing Show on News Now 94.9 FM. Hope everybody's doing well. And we're back. So anyway, we're going to talk about Social Security for a minute. There was an article in, uh, I think it was CNBC, talking about Social Security myths. The six Social Security myths that can make or break your retirement planning. And they talked about how Social Security is going to be a large portion of many people's retirement income. And how well you understand the in and outs of benefits could could be uh, very, very important to you and whatnot. So, number one myth, it's best to claim early. A typical couple will receive more than a million dollars in Social Security benefits over their lifetime, according to uh, Chris Jones of Financial Engines. Chances are Social Security will be the most valuable retirement benefit you have. You cannot collect 100% of your benefits till you reach your full retirement age, 66 or 67, depending on the year you were, which you were born. And if benefits increase by 8% for each year you delay up to 70. So if you start taking at 62, you agree for lower checks for the rest of your life. And if you pass away, it's your spouse's life too. So bear in mind that has long-term repercussions and everything else. So if you don't have a pension plan, okay, and Social Security is going to be a big part of your the remaining spouses, assuming you're going to pass away before she does or he does, okay, Notice I'm gender neutral these days. It took about 30 years, but I eventually became PC. But it's true. You don't know which spouse is going to go. Generally speaking, it's the male. Okay? But if it isn't, 
It doesn't matter because once you lock in that early, it, you're, you're, you're locking in your spouse's and Kate, if her earnings record wasn't higher than yours. So just be aware of that. Many Social Security decisions driven in many, many ways by life expectancy. Okay, but there has to be some rational thought. Do some research. Nobody knows how long you're going to live, and that you know, that's part of the question. But the longer you can wait, the better off you and your spouse are, the remaining spouse are. Because remember, her record is based on, or his record is based on what you do. Your marital status does not matter. Your marital status can play a big role in benefits. If you're married, starting benefits early reduces potential spousal survivor benefits your husband and wife will receive. Delaying to 70, and we just talked about that, could result in 40 to 50% increase in benefits to surviving spouses. Okay? Meanwhile, the average length, and this I did not know, the average length of widowhood, widowhood is 11 years. Notice they don't say widowerhood. They say widowhood. So, on average, the female lives 11 years longer after the husband dies on average, which seems like a really long time. So anyway, so they have this other thing talking about if you were born before January 2nd, 54, full retirement age, you could take the spousal, but they got rid of that. So later date, you can no longer do that. Divorce spouses can still are still able to collect benefits on their ex's work record, provided they were married for 10 years and are at least 62 years old. But if you remarry, that's gone. Okay? So bear in mind, marry someone that makes more than your first husband, uh, first, first wife. I'm just joking about that. I just got myself in trouble, I think. Myth, you can figure this out on your own. Well, you know... Yes, for the most part, you can, okay? CNBC's being overly dramatic here. But the difference between a good and bad claiming decision can mean a difference of 250000 in lifetime benefits. They say consult Social Security website and a financial advisor who can run your options through Social Security optimization software. That's a crock, okay? Most of the time, 95% of the cases, you don't need Social Security optimization software. Okay, somebody, somebody has a friend in the business. It's not hard, but sometimes it retires attention. Basically, the rules are wait as long as you can, okay? And everything else is secondary, okay? So this, this stuff about Social Security optimization software to me is whatever. You can't change your mind is another myth. Well, if you make a claiming decision you regret, you have one year to change your selection. Most people don't know that. That one-year window is pretty easy to make a change. It's almost impossible to do anything dramatically after a year. Reversing your decision may be mean reimbursing Social Security for the extra money you receive. But keep in mind that you could be reaping thousands of dollars extra benefits you decide to lay your benefits instead. If you live long enough. They never t- say the whole thing in these articles, okay? Myth. Your Social Security record is always accurate. Your Social Security benefits are based on your highest 35 years of earnings. If Social Security does not have a correct record of what you've earned, it can affect those calculations. You can request a change to those records within three years, three months, and 15 days from the end of the taxable year of those wages. Are you serious? So I go back and look for 35 years, and I can only contest the three month, three years, three months, and 15 days at the end of the taxable year of those wages. Well, guys, the first 32, you're, you're kind of screwed, so sorry about that. You should be tracking that record even if you're nowhere close to retirement. 
So create an online account, which I do agree with, with Social Security Administration, okay, which is easy to do. Okay, so, so there's some of the thoughts on, on Social Security. You know, some of these articles um, are written by 20-year-olds 20, 20 that are getting advice from people in the industry, and they don't really know, you know, the real ins and outs. They're just kind of taking verbatim from three or four ex- experts, and I quote-unquote experts that they talk to. The main thing with Social Security is if you can delay, do it. If you don't want to delay, don't do it, because nobody knows, and nobody can speak for you. Okay, and and like anything else, longevity, you know, I have buddies running every day that collapsed at 63. I have guys drinking and partying and they're in their 80s, you know, they're 40 pounds overweight and they're still going. You just don't know. You just don't know, you know, so it's like anything else. Have a plan, stick to it. And uh, I can help you with the claiming strategy, especially if it gets calculated. The only time it gets really, really scary for me is you have a disabled child that you have very interesting. Um, they can claim, but you got to be very careful if you have any money put away for them in custodial accounts, because Social Security will, you know, will say, hey, you, know, you can't do that. The other cases are if you're retiring and you have a minor child, that minor child is eligible too. There are other cases where you have a second marriage, okay, and you were eligible to get your first husband, or he, you're widowed, you marry again, and it gets a little complicated, a little tricky, okay? And sometimes you may have to go back to Social Security two or three times and talk to two or three different people. You might get someone that's really, really good and been around a long time and giving you advice the first time. Most of the people, they're very good and they work very hard at Social Security. But you may get someone that just quite doesn't know that area, and you may have to go back two or three times. Nothing wrong with that. You can't get too much advice. And then you come in, you come into me, and I'll check with some of my people that work there, people that know it inside out, okay? Because I know a lot of it, but there are cases where I go, "Eh, I think I know, but let me check, you know? Because, you know, I appreciate when someone tells me that. An attorney tells me... I've seen that before, but the law may have changed. Let me go back and look. You know, I respect someone that admits that they don't know something, okay? Because you're in a job where lives are on the line, things are going on. You can't fudge it. you got to tell the truth because once you, once you hedge or pretend you know something that you don't, if you lie, okay, your good word, your reputation can be ruined, okay? And the and more critical the field the more truth that has, okay? So be very, very, very aware of that because it's very, very important, stuff like that. So, you know, it's like anything else. If you if you plan on receiving an inheritance and it happens, what should you do? You know, don't rush. Don't rush into it. Be aware. So um, you know, come, come, let's talk, and let's see where it's at and everything else. Someone approached me yesterday. They want to make a sizable donation to their church. They have some appreciated stock. What do they do? I said, well, it depends how the church handles it. I said, if the church has a mechanism set up where we can DTC, which means transfer, based on their request to me, to transfer that stock to them, then you can you don't have to have the declare the capital gains, okay? But if they don't have that and they just want cash, you sell the stocks, you're liable for the capital gains. So you got to decide whether you want to handle it that way or not, okay? If you can afford it, then just write them a check and leave the stocks alone, okay? That's something that 
experience will help you with making a critical mistake. Because if you have the right thing in mind and then you screw yourself up over capital gains that you really, really, really didn't want to pay and it wasn't necessary for you to do so, um, you can accidentally step into that trap. So I got a question on that yesterday. It was interesting and I'm waiting to hear back. So anyway, if you'd like my Retirement Ten Commandments or like to set up an appointment, just hit the magic button on the O'BrienRetire.com site or call me at my office number, 860-415-9614. Nobody is turned away, everyone is helped, and no one is charged to talk. So feel free to reach out anytime if you'd like to chat. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Life and Investing Show on 94.9 News Now. We'll be back in a few minutes. Thank you. Retirement Life and Investing Show here on 94.9 News Now. Hope everybody's doing well. This is Dennis O'Brien, president of O'Brien Retirement Investment Group. My office is located off Exit 90, up from Stakeloft. They're on the Taylor Realty Building on Greenmanville Road. Greenmanville Road. That's a mouthful. I used to call it Route 27. Didn't know the, didn't know any better, but in any case. Uh, uh, a lot of new buildings going up in Mystic. We're having a little building boom. The new Bravo Bravos moving across the street. We have uh, the Mystic Y just opened up a $8 million building right there on the back of the old Mystic Y. And it's a, actually a gorgeous facility. I go, urge you to go check it out. And there's a new building on the Mystic Block downtown. Uh, Rufus Allen's old building that burned down uh, 15, 20 years ago is now being, uh, looks like a four-story uh huge building going up and it uh, looks like they're doing a beautiful job on all the buildings and uh, it's it's kind of cool to drive through town can't wait till everything opens up i'm curious to see what new shops will be in downtown downtown mystic i think the mystic stroll is december 4th and i think they're going to old mystic village is having the uh, light light show uh the stroll lights with light stroll i think friday uh, following that, I think it's the 7th, maybe, which is, or the 8th, which is the Friday, or the 7th, I'm not sure, whatnot. So, in any case, I was reading an article um, about espousing the cases when a home mortgage debt is a good thing for retirees. And I read the whole article shaking my head because I thought the article missed the whole point. Once again, anything in the financial media, you gotta really, really wonder about what their motivations are. But the article missed the whole point, which is assumed that they assume that you're already retired with a home mortgage. Well, if that's the case, I didn't do my job if you were talking to me, and you didn't do your job, or whoever you're talking to didn't do their job. It's not okay to retire with home, home mortgage debt. Sometimes you have to. I get it. There are cases. There are exceptions. Okay? But if I have my druthers about you, I'll yell at you if you do it. You're 66 and you're retiring. And you still owe 230000 on the house. I'm yelling at you, okay? <laughs> I'm not literally yelling at you, but, you know, I'll, I'll kind of give you my opinion if you, get, if you ask for it. If you have any debt when you retire, 
You've made a huge mistake in many cases. Now, there are exceptions. Many law enforcement officers who take a 20-year retirement and their spouses are, their spouses are still working. These guys or gals could be in their early 50s, and their spouses are still working, still have another 10 or 15 years to go. They, they love their careers. I want to keep working. Okay, so there are exceptions when you're still going to have, they're young enough to work again, and if they acquired assets to live off of, then they can attack the mortgage and get it paid before their spouse retires also. Okay, so remember, when I talk about retirement, I'm talking about both of you. Okay, if the one spouse is still working, then you still can attack the debt and get it paid for before you both go out on retirement. Okay, but remember, stress-free, debt-free Retirement is a stress-free retirement. Stress is a killer. I've talked to retired prison guards and others who kept us safe in the line of duty. And now I, I, uh, many of them, the stress, the PTSD from vets, it's just not vets, though. It's prison guards, any security officers that carried. Um, these guys had a lot of stress, okay? Undercover, all these people that were in the line of duty, Okay. And what I urge them all to do is to take TM, okay? And I'm going off topic a little bit, but I think it's very important to talk about. TM is something called Transcendental Meditation, which allows your worry thoughts to bubble up and release, and don't estimate the power of that. The course will cost you a few hundred dollars, but 20 minutes in the morning and before dinner can do wonders for you. All returning vets, in my view, should be able to take TM courses, free of charge, paid for by the VA. Okay, I think it's very important. I suspect it would help the suicide rates of over 20 per day. All you heroes out there and hear about, and my prayers are with you always, please investigate TM. There's courses everywhere. Transcendental meditation is extremely valuable to anybody who's been through um, tough, tough, stressful situations. You know, many times you're on the line, you're worried about making a mistake. I get it, okay? And now all of a sudden you're supposed to go back and be just, hey, life is great, you know? You're still carrying that baggage, okay? Now you think TM is freaky and you think I've lost my mind, okay? Let me tell you this. The richest man in, in Connecticut is a guy named Ray Dalio. Ray Dalio runs some of the successful hedge funds in the world, okay? Tough guy to work for, very, very successful. Brilliant guy, all right? He requires or asks all his employees to do TM, Transcendental Meditation. It does clear your mind. It does help you. I've done it for years. I think it's absolutely wonderful for people to do, okay? And so I urge you all to, if you've been through stressful situations, try to consider doing this. You know, how many people in the law enforcement commit suicides, people that carry, people that lay down their lives, people that risk their lives for us? Okay, you're not alone. Don't turn to the bottle, turn to TM. You'll be a lot better, and you'll be a lot better. If you don't do it for yourself, do it for your families. I think you'll be a lot better off and everything else. As a Christmas gift to younger people who are learning to live on their own, I urge you to buy David Bach's book, Automatic Millionaire, which you can buy on Amazon, 8 to 12 bucks. I hear. The greatest gift you can give a young couple or any other couple in this book tells the story of the McIntyres who retired at 53 with a couple of million bucks, never making more than 60000 a year. It's an amazing and inspirational story to tell. Please get this book and give it as a Christmas present. Once again, my door is open to all. Do not ever worry about paying me. If you need help, call me. My only restriction is this. 
If you're bossy, overbearing, a bully, and not a nice person, we probably won't get along, just giving you a heads up. Most of the people who have made appointments have been overwhelmingly joy to deal with and to help. I have enjoyed meeting all of you and keep those calls and emails coming in. It's a joy to help those who need it. More importantly, smart enough to realize it. (laughs) Simon Potter at Shamrock Motors in New London fixed my car this week and told me no charge. A party put in a year ago failed and he took it personally. I asked him if, if he would get reimbursed by, you know, the parts supplier and he said yes and not to worry about it. Simon has something you cannot buy. My respect and his honesty. Merry Christmas, Simon, and thank you, thank you very, very much. Many of you come to me asking for a referral to an attorney to get your documents. Before you sign the docs, take them, take them to me for a review. I love my attorney friends, but it's good to keep an extra eye on things. And uh, we have Sam in Westerly on the line. Hello, Sam. How are you? Good morning, Radio Free New England. <laughs> how you doing, brother? Hey, TM. Yeah. Little meditation. Yes. I learned about that uh, by reading a book by Dr. Eric Byrne. Really? Games People Play. Yeah. I read that, I don't know, 40, 50 years ago. Yeah, it's been around a long time. I learned it in the 70s when I was in college. Right. (laughs) And and, uh, what did he say about it? Do you recall? Uh, um, I've been influenced by the thoughts of it, uh, you know, ego states, you know. That, yeah, and I all that all stuff. I about the theory of it, anyway, yeah. it's, uh, and it always stuck with me. Yeah, yeah. I think what a lot of people don't realize is when you have a traumatic stress, especially under fire, law enforcement, sometimes that doesn't manifest itself or show up for decades later. Or child abuse cases where a child might have been abused, yeah. hit, hit, struck, might not show up till 35, 40. You when they're married, you know? Your, your child ego, your adult ego, <laughs> and uh, transactions, cross-transactions, that's where the trouble comes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When, you, when your child talks to your adult, you know? <laughs> yeah. Hey, how are those new windows doing? <laughs> uh, no drafts. Yeah? Oh, good. Uh, seem to be doing fine. Oh, good. And I uh, got all new blinds up in them now. Good. Excellent. Excellent. Well, you have a great day, okay? God bless you. God bless you. What a, what a great guy Sam is. Unbelievable. Second longest tenured employee at Electric Boat. I said, how's the first guy looking? He goes, hey, he's still looking pretty good. <laughs> I think Sam wants to be number one. <laughs> but, you know, he's, I think the other guy knows it, too. <laughs> Don't look back. They may be gaining on you. Oh, it's so funny and everything else. After the show, I'm off to Apple Rehab. I'm going to go say to hi, hi to an old friend who's still, who's still honorary. He's fighting with the nurses. He never learns. Never fight with a nurse. I keep telling him, don't fight with the nurses. Ask him out on a date. Don't fight with them. You know, he's single. Why, you know, come on. I knew a guy, a client, he went in to intensive care, had a heart thing, and went to L&M. And uh, he went in with uh, a three, what do you call it, with three blockages. He was, he was bad. He was in ICU for like two weeks. And he came out with a wife. <laughs> he went in, had a heart attack, a triple bypass, and within three months, he married one of the nurses. I, I, you know, he's a smart guy, and they had a very, very nice life afterwards. So, so my buddy over at Apple learned from learned from this other guy. I mean, for crying out loud. Uh, in any case, but uh, if you'd like to uh, get my retirement ten commandments or sit down and talk, you know, feel free to reach out. I'm, I'm. Uh, Pretty much uh, get all the phone calls. You can call anytime at 860-415-9614. 
more than happy to help you and, and get you uh, get you moving. We're still waiting for the baby to come. She's due. The granddaughter's due around twelve twenty eight. Now I've been reading up on this. Okay, the first one comes usually a little late, but it can come between thirty ninth and forty second week. Uh, so, and they tell me this, the twenty eighth. Anytime they guess a date, it's kind of a guess. So, so we're on baby watch, I guess, starting maybe the 18th through the 8th or the 10th of January. So, and we'll see what happens. But um, I'm really looking forward to it. I think uh, I see all the baby stuff being gathered at our house. So I think it'll be a lot of fun. Imagine, because we're having a lot of people at the house Christmas. I mean, we have, you know, the in-laws, outlaws, everybody's coming. Uh, we could have 14 people there. You imagine all of us at the hospital Christmas Eve. <laughs> Lori and I are looking at you going, this could be a real good story here. You know, we'll see what happens, you know. But that would be so cool. You know, I keep telling them that if the baby's born Christmas Eve or Christmas early in the morning, Christmas Day, and it's a girl, you got to call her Noel. And they look at me like I'm out of my mind. But, uh, hey, that's karma. Noel's a great name, so who knows and everything else. But in any case, I hope you all have a great week. Uh, don't go into debt buying Christmas presents. 28% of Americans are still in debt from last Christmas. Don't be a moron. Don't go in debt. Buy what you can. Make it. But do not spend your way into oblivion. It's not, not worth it. There's also notice out there that Walmart and Target are running out of toys. I read that somewhere, so I hope it's not true. But in any case, have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Retirement Life Investing Show on 94.9 News Now. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.